Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group, and I edit and publish the website, theweeklydriver.com. Across the aisle from me is my colleague and friend, Bruce Aldrich. Today is June 1st. Uh, Three weeks from today is Father's Day, I believe, on the 21st. Not sure. I'm not a father. Not a father, nor am I, but we both had fathers. Bless our fathers. Um, Mine passed in 1992. Your father passed mm, 10 years ago now something like that yeah. about 10 years ago both had nothing but love and respect for our respective fathers so today we thought that we would talk about some father's day gifts uh, in the automotive world and uh, I listed a few things Bruce has listed a few things so I had a company we'll start off with this company that's called uh, Respoke Collections, and a while back... Collection, no Collection, Respoke Collection, thank you, .com. And this man uh, contacted me, the owner of the company, and if you're a car enthusiast uh, and uh, you work on cars, you have a garage, whatever, they, they, they've come to this new way of um, kind of showcasing, and you can have more pride in your car by getting sending them an image uh, on your computer and they will give you give you an artwork back either in canvas or on paper um, using computer data points to replicate um, the car and you can have one more way of being prideful of your car so yes yeah, they call it custom car art yes but it's of your car mm-hmm. it's, so it's really cool um, they call it professional illustrations yes so it's I would call it like an avatar or a painting. Very good. Along that kind of line. I mean, it's not cartoonish. It's, no. It, it looks like your car, but you can tell it's not, it doesn't look like a photograph. Right. If that makes any sense. So it's, it's professionally illustrated, I guess. Yeah. So I don't own a car, but you have your, speaking of fathers, your father's uh, 59 bug that you inherited. And so we sent that image in and they forwarded some artwork back. We approved the artwork. Maybe we've since found some things that we could have done a little bit better, but you're going to have your, your canvas uh, artwork for wherever you... In, in Truckee, I guess, you have a little museum for your for the bug. Yeah, that's where the bug is. That's is that... where the bug is. So yeah. you're going to have one more piece to add to the, the museum. And um, just reading a little bit, it says, uh, you forward a quality image online to the company's online presence, and it will return the vehicle on canvas or as a poster in, di- in dimensions as large as th- 24 by 36. Um, according to the website, you find the best photo of your car you're looking to print. The image can be taken from any angle, but with clear quality and, and good lighting. Uh, the the uh, website, the company's designers will create, as you said, a detailed illustration. And uh, all pieces include hanging hardware and an acrylic front protector. The frame posters feature black frames made from semi-hard alter, alder wood, and canvas prints have oak frames. Yeah, I saw the illustration that came back of the yeah. bug, and I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, it's not what I thought it was going to be, right? but boy, it looks cool. It and looks I, pretty cool. I think it's going to be fun to, to have, see that thing, especially on canvas. Now, you can get it as a poster, a right. framed poster, mm-hmm. or on canvas. And, and what kind of both surprised us is when you go to the website, they have other things that are for sale as well, but very economical. I mean, yeah, I was surprised for professional, what normally would be a print or, a, you know, a yes. picture. Yes. This stuff's 
I don't know if cheap, but it's it's way less than I thought it would Very be. Very reasonable. Yeah. I think anywhere from 49 to $89, something like that. Correct, yeah. And so all things considered, that's, that's pretty I mean, you it, can go higher when you start getting into the 24 by 36, which is a pretty decent-sized uh, poster yeah. in canvas. But there's a, yeah, a myriad of price points. Right. So, again, it's, uh, it's respokecollection.com. So check that out. We've got three weeks to Father's Day. I think it's, I could be wrong. It might be the 19th, whatever that Sunday is, is the 19th or the 21st. I, I, don't, I forgot. Well, typical guys listening won't. Yeah, right. They're so, not going to do it, but uh, they'll tell their wives. I don't know. Maybe they'll get it by Christmas. <laughs> maybe. I mean, for Christmas. For Christmas. The, the company <laughs> is, uh, guarantees a quick turnaround. They do. 70, 72 hours till you get approved artwork, and from there it's pretty quick. So that's a good thing. And then <clears throat> I, the second one I listed, we, we've interviewed a lot of authors who have written automotive books, and we tried to contact this guy. Uh, it hasn't worked yet for an uh, individual podcast, but he, he lives in England uh, in Sussex, and his name is Chaz Parker, and he's a longtime uh, racing enthusiast and veteran motorsports and historic race car author. He has a new book called Model Ford T, an Enthusiast Guide from 1908 to 1927. And this, uh, this book, uh, I don't see how it could be any more comprehensive. It's 160 pages and includes 220 images. Uh, he interviews three guys who have restored Model Ts. He goes through the history of Model Ts as race cars. So it's obviously a pretty comprehensive book. Who This guy has written about Bugattis and other exotic cars. So the Model T, up until recently, was the best-selling car in history. It's been surpassed, but it's still the Model T, and it, it changed the automotive world. And Henry Ford you know, changed the whole way in which we have transportation. I wonder, did it change the export model? Did they, did they export these things over there? I don't know. I don't either. I'll have to read that book. Yeah. Um, Obviously, well, the, like the VW Bug, certainly they exported a lot of vehicles. Right. But I wonder if they did that with a T back in the day. I'll bet you they didn't. Well, it, unless I'm wrong, it was reversed, right? The Bug began in Germany and it was brought here. So this was made here and they would have to X. Right. Yeah. So I wonder if they did. Oh, I wonder if they did. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I, I don't know. It, it, the, when you think about the staggering numbers of Model Ts, 16.5 million Model Ts were made between 1908 and 1927. That's, you didn't have a lot of competition. <laughs> didn't have a lot of competition. but And then it said um, by late 1918, half of the cars built in America were Model Ts with about 8,000 made every day. This is in 1918. That's, to me, that was extraordinary how that, how that could be done. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. And they, you know, the rubber in the tires, the yeah. tires did not catch up with the car for a long time. And I didn't, I didn't know about Model Ts that there were, you know, uh, two door and four door uh, uh, tours, town cars, runabouts, how do you say it, landalots, landalettes, uh, cabriolets, vans, and pickup trucks. Did you know that Model Ts came in all those varieties? I didn't know that. Well, I knew they came in the pickup trucks. Yeah. And, uh, well, they didn't really have sides, I don't think, on the pickups. They were just flatbeds yeah. that I've seen. And I, I didn't know that uh, Model Ts were actually race cars. I guess I should have realized that, but they... If there's a motor on them, they race them. They race them. Uh, Indy, I guess they raced in Indy, uh, which is 
thinking about it was just this past weekend and, and seeing them how um, unbelievable technology um, overload those cars are that a Model T did that too. It's like, oh my gosh. A little slower than today. A, a little slower. By, and it took, I didn't see much. Of, um, I have to ask you if you watched it, but uh, the guy getting out of the car, uh, the guy's fourth victory, um, Cassavetes. Helio. Helio. Um, it took him about 10 minutes. Not That's too much. But it took him five minutes to get out of the car. Had, well, uh, you got to take off steering wheels, you gotta and take you got to take stuff. off you know, air like blowers and mic th- lines. And I thought of the, I thought he was in the Matrix where they had to unhook the back of his neck. You know those, those Matrix. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, the Model T book sounds fascinating. Hopefully, if we get the chance to interview the guy, I'm sure he has a wonderful English accent. He'll be great to talk about talk to. But maybe we'll get him in a few weeks. Hard to know. Well, one guy we did uh, interview yeah. was uh, a book called Indie Split. Yeah. By John Orovitz. Yeah, the guy was great. And that was a story about the uh, the two competing, uh, we'll call them IndyCar type, open wheel. Yes. Um, it was IndyCar versus CART, which is Championship Auto Racing Team. Team. Mm-hmm. And they were that they split back in, was it, it was about nine years they were split there. Yes, yes. They're back together <laughs> again now. But mm-hmm. uh, that was an interesting conversation. The guy, the guy lives... A block away. A block from, away from, from India. Uh, I was thinking of that. I mean, he was, uh, you know, he was sitting in the stands when we talked last to him? weekend. Yeah. Oh yes, last weekend, probably for the fiftieth time, um, or since however old the guy was. What? And when there's a guy in Sacramento we interviewed, by the way, as a side note, Mark Glover, who um, used to work for the Sacramento Bee, and he, I think it was his fifty-second time or something like that in Indy. What a legacy! Yeah. So. So what we're talking about here is uh, desktop books that you could buy. Yes. Um, we, you have several. I have several that we've gotten over the years. And, and that's a good thing for somebody that has everything. What are you going to get them? A good desktop book. Right. Picture book or detailed analysis or history of a car that they may like or own. Mm-hmm. Perfect gift. It's a reminder to me that whether it's about automotive things or art, you know, being married to a, an artist or... Um, journalism books that I have that are coffee table size books. I forget sometimes. It's just fun to go to the coffee table, which right, they made yeah. for. And I looked at this 10 times, but I'm going to look at it 11th, and I'm going to see something I hadn't seen before. And right. most people won't buy it for themselves, I wouldn't think. No. not. But as a gift, it's like, hey, this is nice. Yeah. So uh, One of the other ones we saw, of course, is dear to my heart, Volkswagen Beetles and Buses. Yes. So it's the history of Volkswagen, you know, starting from the early days up to... Through movie scenes uh, mm-hmm. where they appeared in, like Herbie and oh, yeah. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, all and that. you name it. And also, it's a lot of pictures. And this got, this one's by Russell Hayes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was an interesting. There's something like Boss Mustang, 50 mm-hmm. years. We just had the 50 year anniversary for the Boss Mustang. Yes, it's by Donald Farr. Mm-hmm. That's a good book. Uh, Supercar Revolution by John Lamb. Oh yes. That was our first podcast. Yeah, beautiful uh, illustrations and, and talks about some of the, you know, the fastest cars of all mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Great That was subject. interesting. Um, there's always Corvette books if somebody likes Corvettes. There's mm-hmm. uh, Corvette Stingray, The Mid-Engine Revolution. That was interesting because that was like a corporate. There's no... There's no... Um, Byline. I mean, no author. author. Yeah. It, there's a forward by this guy named Mark Roos. Russ, R-E-U-S-S. Yes. 
but there's really no author on the book. So that came, I guess, directly out of GM. But it's a, the whole lifespan development of the Midage and Corvette. They probably had which was pretty cool. Four or five collaborators, and they just put the corporate thing yeah. on it. And, yeah. And another one is the, it's called the Complete Book of Corvette, all vents since the the first one in 1953 by Mike Mueller. Oh yeah, that was, was a great he was illustration. A, that was a really good guy on the phone. I remember how uh, when we talked to him on for our podcast. All these authors, you know, some of them blur together a little bit, but as I think about the names that you mentioned, they were all really good guys to talk to. They were very passionate about what they've written, and it very. was great. There, one other one I'll just mention is the uh, muscle car barn finds. Everybody's interested in yes. barn finds these days. Sure. Original patina and unrestored. And so this is a guy who traveled the country looking for uh, beautiful muscle cars. Right. You know, the rare ones, The one, you know, half of them are dilapidated, but they're worth so much that they can be restored now. Right. That was uh, Ryan Brute. Was, was that the guy, Bruce, that we heard from one end of the spectrum to the other he he would find something and the people would end up inviting him to dinner and then another guy he'd go and they'd say get the hell off my property yeah. was that <laughs> shooting buckshot over shooting, the, shooting buckshot over his, over his head, head. You know? yeah. yeah so that was he would drive and he'd go into a small town and, and he'd just ask the guy at the grocery store hey do you know where those cars oh yeah down the left down turn turn right turn left and you'll find it and he'd find it and it was like the people were his best friend all of a sudden, and maybe they had, you know, cornbread and, and chili yep. or something, and and then the complete opposite, as I mentioned. And a lot of these guys, they won't sell, even when he turns <clears throat> them on and tells them what they actually own. Right. It becomes, oh, that's my project now. I'm going to... Right. Someday I'm going to restore that car. Well, that guy had a hell of an idea to go out there and just take a trip and find out what he could find. What I thought maybe you'd also mention, that you gave good examples. I like the the guy who... I think he was from uh, was he from Italy that he finally got permission to go to that place outside of Los Angeles where the cars were stacked on top of each other. You might have a Maserati on top of a Ferrari on top of a Bugatti. And yeah, some guy down south who yeah. collected collectible cars back yes. in the day, and yeah. now they're whatever forty, fifty years old. Yes. Yeah, stacked like stacked like cordwood in a in like a secret location. Yes. Yeah. And the, and the guy, the original owner passed away, and his sons are finally starting to sell him off. Well, this guy got permission to go in with his photographer, and they took these wonderful pictures of these cars. It just, like you said, it was like stacked, stacked wood, but they were cars. And um, even the sons admitted that they're not still to this day, well, it's a couple of years ago now, they're still not sure exactly what's there. Some of them had right, more. yeah, this guy came in as an expert, and he, you know, knew VIN numbers and whatnot. He would check out on all, say, a Porsche 356, and, right. you know, that was maybe one of one made that year or something, or it wasn't a standard 356, it was a Speedster, or, yes. you know, all these uh, important uh, relics that he found in, in this guy's storage lot or junkyard, I guess you could right. call it. right, right. So I, I guess, to, you know, to, to uh, bring this all together about books, and this is self-serving, of course, but there's so many uh, books available in the automotive space. I've got some ones that my sister got at garage sales that are smaller than coffee table-sized books. But I do have an Amazon affiliate program on theweeklydriver.com, and if you choose to look at the site um, and you purchase off of Amazon, um, 
it helps support our podcast. So if it's, that's a great place to get a book too. Great so. place to get books or more than one, and you can buy anything from Amazon on anybody who has an affiliate program, and it's the same cost as any other way to go through Amazon. So if you're on my site, check out the Amazon feature there and and uh, have a purchase or two. So yeah, books are great, and and I just to reiterate, sometimes I. I I'm going to go home today and see what's on the table. I've forgotten what we have on our coffee table. I think some art books and things like that, but they're great to go through. Um, the third thing on my list is a few weeks back. It's, it's kind of won me over a little bit more than maybe Bruce has, but because we have head-up displays in our cars and we have more advanced uh, infotainment centers, sometimes the visibility isn't very good if you're wearing polarized or non-polarized sunglasses sunglasses are hugely popular well bmw has come out with their own line of sunglasses and at first use and second use they didn't appear to be what bmw said they were it didn't seem to be any better they didn't seem to be all that special with the reflective uh, glare that polarization offers but then the more i've used them the more i've realized they're exactly what bmw wants is that you can see your navigation screen better if, if there's a glare. You can see the head-up display in your car during the daytime, which is sometimes problematic. They just don't have the look that you'd see through a normal pair of polarized glasses, which to me took some getting used to. It was a subtle subtle change. You, you so, yeah. expect to put an ex- expensive pair of sunglasses on like something's going to happen here. Right. But it really doesn't, but the more you see the subtleties it you, you appreciate them right this is called the new bmw eyewear drop collection and it's optimized with a polarization filter it allows clear views of L- lcd screen roadmap signs and other environment details uh, pending on the road on your navigation s- screen it's developed by a company called dallas d-a-l-l-o-z creations and it has some fancy dragon in there the integrated with V-I-O-N lenses, Vion lenses. So they're a little pricey. They're like $189, which maybe compared to some of the other companies, um, Oakley, for example, you're paying for the name a lot. And, and so in the, in the world of high-end glasses, they're not that much, but just if you go to the grocery store and see a sunglass rack and they're $19.95, you kind of know what you're getting. These are expensive and you know, it's a, it makes me pause if I want to spend 200 bucks on sunglasses. They better better be special, and maybe these are. But um, anyway, sunglasses, if you have somebody... You could see the head-up display perfectly. You could see them. the head-up yeah. display perfectly, and that, if it's going to say, maybe it saves your life, so what's 200 bucks? Um, so that's a, the third item that I've listed as a potential uh, Father's Day gift, and it's, um, the website is shop. Uh, bmwusa.com and they have their whole collection of eyewear older eyewear and then these new specific ones are on there so those are the three things that I have I think you've written some other things down uh, that we've talked about or other sure yeah I was thinking of something else but I just want one other point a lot of times the uh, um what are the polarized glasses yes completely black out the uh, head-up display that's true. Uh, some don't. It depends on, I guess, the display. But mm-hmm. some of them, it, polarized glasses just don't work. So if you had these special BMW ones, yeah. they're going to work. So. They look pretty sharp, too. They make us look like young guys, I think. they look Really? Wow. Okay. okay. We'll try I it again. I thought it was Clark Kent. Clark Kent. <laughs> okay. 
Um, yeah, sunglasses are a kind of a, it's one of the things I've just always loved. And there's that misnomer that, you know, if you buy something with a, you know, Bill Blass or, or some fancy name on it, it doesn't necessarily make them good sunglasses. No. And you can buy inexpensive sunglasses that are polarized that are pretty good. So there's this whole th- thing about, there used to be like a good housekeeping seal of sunglasses that they would go through, the sunglass manufacturer would take it through this company and they would say, yeah, your your optics are really good, but you're falling off here on the clarity. And they would give them a seal of approval. I think that no longer is a valid company. No, it's kind of like UV protection. Yeah, they just make stuff up. They're all, they're all the same now. They're all the same. So um, you don't always get what you pay for in sunglasses. Um and some people just wear them for fashion, and you're probably not doing your eyes very good if you're just wearing them for fashion. You're supposed to wear them for eye protection. So, anyway. So one other thing I thought of was uh, performance yes. and or racing driving school. Yes. I think it's a perfect thing to give someone. You bet. Uh, they don't have to think they're going to be a racer, but they can sure learn a lot about car control. And uh, many of them will do skid pad which I think is invaluable mm-hmm. training. Take, take me through that again. What's skid pad again, Bruce? Um, usually it's a, it's a wet surface mm-hmm. with, on bald tires so that the car slides real easy at low okay. speed. You don't have to go 90 miles an hour to put a car in a skid. You can, you can turn a car into a skid at 15 miles an hour. Okay. And so it gets you how to handle a car when it's in, say, inclement weather mm-hmm. or you, you took a turn too fast or you hit hydraulic fluid or radiator fluid or something that spilled on the on the off-ramp and you hit that you, mm-hmm. you can know what to do i've never done any of those schools i've heard about them we've been to raceways that have those schools if you're in, in this particular one you just mentioned is it intimidating or can you get the... no i don't think so at all okay mm-hmm. now there's all different levels just yes. like uh canvas prints that we were talking about yeah, you yes. know but i'm i'm thinking of just uh under a thousand dollar one day course. Yes, but you can do obviously the sky's the limit. You can mm-hmm. do three and four thousand dollar three day courses, and that, yes. that's that's pricey, and maybe that's not where somebody wants to go. But for a, a one day course, it's say six hours long, mm-hmm. a couple hours of so called ground school where yes. they just talk about theory mm-hmm. and uh, you know your tire contact point and where. Uh, braking and, and turning and how yes. the car acts and then then you go out on a track or okay. and or a skid pad mm-hmm. is invaluable training for anybody can learn tons of stuff and it's fun too right, right. it's always fun and what other there are, i mean we live in northern california so we're familiar with um they've everybody's changed his name but it used to be uh, sears point and infinian raceway of course then we have um laguna seca uh they offer different types of schools too. Right, yeah, to be schools and kinda, other things. You could actually travel to a track if you lived a long way away, mm-hmm. or if you're close enough to drive to the track that day. But we're talking uh, Bondurant Racing School is okay. one. It's a popular one that you at least I didn't look recently, but they used to have several mm-hmm. schools across the country. Skip Barber yes. Racing School is another popular one. Mm-hmm. I've done both of those. Um, and then there's another one in, up in Washington State. It's called mm-hmm. Dirtfish Rally School, I like which that would name. be great because yeah. it's it's going to be in gravel and mud and not just good pavement. Mm-hmm. 
Did Aline do one of those schools as well? Or you? She bought... is. She is not. Well, we did a. That was a, a birthday Richard, present. That was a petty driving experience That's on, right. on the oval track. That's where right. You really don't learn car control or anything, but you get to go really fast. You get to go fast. She went 150, I think. Well, she averaged. 140. She did about 15 laps on that was in Las Vegas. Yeah. So that's another option too. Another that option. you now that you mention it, it's mm-hmm. not really car control, right? But it's just a, uh, you know, gin, uh, grins and and chuckles. So when you did yours, uh, it's been a few years, I think. What did you come away with? Did you, did it? Since you let's just take an example. You live in Sacramento. You have a, another place in Truckee. Did anything out of there help you in daily driving? Oh, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they teach about uh, weight transfer, mm-hmm. um, the fact that the car can really do one thing at a time. It can brake, or it can accelerate, or it can turn. You try to combine all three, that's when things get stinky, right? and you got to be careful. Yes. So you brake into, into the turn and accelerate out. You know, simple things like that. But it makes a world of difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. So in, if, if a person wanted to do that, they could, you know, go to Google or wherever their search engine is and type in um, racing. Uh, racing schools. Racing schools. Local racing schools. And, and it, uh, would it, as you mentioned, a thousand bucks would get you a good day? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Did they, did they uh, having not been to one, did they, they put even, you? Some of them even have ones like for teens. Oh, they do? Okay. Which would be much less. Teaching teens how to drive. Yeah. Um, do they put you in a special suit? Do you get to have some fun with it and a helmet and all that? Or not so much? Not so much. Not so much. Okay. Okay. And a lot of them, you know, you can bring your own car. They have cars. Um, Skip Barber had, I saw in at least one photo, they were using uh, the MX-5, the Miatas right now. Oh, yeah. So they do. They have different sponsor cars. Okay. One I did was Viper's. You did a Viper. Yeah, it was Viper's. Uh, that was Skip Barber. Um, okay. That was 15 years ago, probably. Mm-hmm. So you get to drive a fun car, too. Yeah. Well, thinking about that, I mentioned, uh, is it Infineon now? No, it's called something else now. What's it called? Um, the Sears Point, yes. Sears Point in Sonoma. I don't know what it's called now. Sonoma. And then, Sonoma, uh, that's it. Yeah. Now we have uh, WeatherTech Raceway in, in, uh, in Monterey, between Monterey and Salinas. Uh, not only do they have these offerings there, but you can... You know, I looked the other day, and you can buy a, a season pass if you're into that. Monterey's three and a half hours away. You can buy a season pass that encompasses all of their events for pretty reasonable if you're a motorsports fan. Or you can just buy a one-off for the, for all the different, from motorcycle racing to the end of the year, which will be IndyCar racing to, you know, historics. And <laughs> you can buy, that's a That's nice true. Gift. That's another one. If you live near a track, I used to have one for, I always had a, a season pass for Sonoma. Yeah. Yeah, they have drag racing there, uh, Indy cars. Yeah. Everything. I, so I can't you, wait. You can go over there and sit there anytime you want. Yeah, I hope to. I hope that we, we get to go to, well, Monterey Auto Week. We'll have to see what the schedule is like. And I'll, maybe we'll make it over there. But certainly for the end of the year uh, Indy car race in September, I think that would be a blast to go to. I haven't been to one in a long time and always appreciated that. Yep, um, those fine. guys. Those, so, anyway, just to go over this real quick, we we uh, we covered um, a variety of things, um, in, including these canvas print that Bruce is going to get soon enough from this company, um, RespokeCollection.com. RespokeCollection.com, and then we went on to this um, gentleman, Chas Parker, who has a new Model T book, and I forgot to mention earlier, you can visit uh, www. Q U A R T O 
knows.com or any of the other retailers. It'll be on soon. Amazon and so forth will have the book. Uh, that is a history of Model T. And then we mentioned the BMW sunglasses, which is on shopbmwusa.com. And then Bruce mentioned all these books that everyone that we, every author we talked to, we like equally as well as the next. And they were saying, that guy was great. And then next week, it's another guy who was equally good or, or better. So those are all those books Bruce mentioned are on Amazon.com uh, or your other retailer outlets as well. So uh, that was our Father's Day um, podcast. Uh, happy Father's Day to fathers, uh, neighbor's father, grandfather, whatever. It's just nice to, uh, in some small way, my dad wasn't a car guy. Your your dad had the bug. But um, there are fathers, and, and happy Father's Day to everybody. It's, it's nice to think about our respective fathers as we yep. get closer. Get them something good. Get them something good. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to visit my website, theweeklydriver.com. All of our podcasts are archived. I think this will be our 183rd podcast. It's three and a half years now. So thanks for joining us. And um, see you next week. See you guys.